Hey, good morning, everybody. We are on Chof Gimel Amabez. We are on literally the middle of the wide lines. Toner by the two dots. <clears throat> so we're starting a new topic today that I usually try not to uh, to give the topic over two days, but it's such a big topic that we're going to divide it into today and tomorrow. So first we'll do the Gemara, and then we'll delve into the topic. It has a lot of practical ramifications as far as as far as we're going to discuss today, Tashmisha Kedusha and Tashmisha Mitzvah, those items that are used for mitzvos versus those items that have inherent Kedusha. How do you dispose of items of Kedusha? For example, the Dalad Minim. What do you do with Tzitzis after they're, they're used? What do you do with the Ner, the Shemin, and the, and the Menorah after you use it, and, and it's still a little bit left over? What the wicks, the, the candles, the, what does it retain its status? What do you do with an Aron Kodesh that's no longer functional? Do all these things have to be buried? Can you use them for a different purpose? Can you repurpose them? All these Shilas. We're going to learn a couple of interesting Minhagim that we have. Um, so it's a lot of Allah Chalamaisa. Okay, so let's start. The Gemara discusses. Someone's about to go ahead and partake of a, of a, of a, of a, uh, of a big suda. As opposed to a snack, he's going to sit down, he's going to wash, it's going to be a bekovedik suda. Mahalech asara pa'amim arba amos. He should go ahead and take ten trips of arba amos or arba amos or arba pa'amim eser amos. Or he should make a trip of uh, uh, four, four trips of ten amos. Masach the, the total sum is about forty amos. So then he should relieve himself and then only then go into the uh, dining room to go ahead and partake of that meal. It's interesting. 40, right? 10 or 4, 4 times 10 is 40. We'll give a share one time about 40. Uh, we'll have to do the significance of 40. 40 is found everywhere. Everywhere you can think of the number is 40. 40. I mean, obviously the, uh, the, the, the marble motion went up four times in 40 years in the desert. David HaMelech ruled 40 years. Shlomo HaMelech ruled 40 years. Goliath came down for 40 days in a row, taunting B'nai Israel. There's 40 days before the, uh, um, uh, Vlad is born. With so many different things, um, we have 40. 40 saw in a mikvah. Something represents 40. It's inherently a change. Yeah, so exactly. So the Vlad, so the fetus. There's so many, so many halachas about 40. We'll get to that maybe one day as a separate share outside the Gemara. Just the interesting, the significance of 40. Purim is in 40 days. Okay, there you go. So Not really. What do you say tomorrow? Okay, now. Um, so, uh, so Kevav. Someone goes ahead and is about to partake in a smaller meal, a, a, a snack. First, he should go ahead and. Sorry, sorry. Oh, I, I skipped. Sorry. Amar Avisa Nicholas Siliskeva. Sorry. Chosvin is about to partake in a, in a full suda. Sorry. Cholis filin. He should go ahead and remove the tfilin. And only then go ahead and eat the meal. Upliga the Rabbi Chia. You don't have to take it off before you enter the dining room or the dining hall. You can actually put it on the table. It says it's more proper. Why is it more proper? Because when you want to go ahead and put it back, you don't have to go outside and walk 20 feet to get it. You have it right there at your disposal to go ahead and to put it back on. Okay. It's the appropriate thing. over here. Two dots. Now, Vademas. How long does he take it off? Meaning, we don't want you to go ahead and wear the tefillin if you're going to have a sudas keva, because you might go ahead and get drunk. You might drink wine. If it's a sudas keva, more likely you're going to wash. <clears throat> you're going to drink a little wine. And we don't want you to do any behavior uh, that's not befitting the tefillin that, that you're wearing. Therefore, you take them off. question is, 
Rabbi argues you don't put him, take him off before you enter the room and leave him outside. You can put him literally right next to you. It's not a bizarre for the tefillin. It's just that we don't want you to go ahead and, and be drunk while you're wearing the tefillin. But if you have them next to you, when you finish, you can put him back on. Gemara says, and how long must one keep him off for? Until what time? Can you, when can you put the tefillin back on? Once you bench and you're not going to consume any more alcohol, presumably, then you can put the tefillin back on. Okay. <clears throat> Next Gemara. I didn't discuss about getting drunk. We'll see that for a different time. We're going to focus on the next Gemara. Okay. Sorry to disappoint everyone. Tani Chada. So, Sora Adam Tfilin Tfilov Im Maosa Be'afar Kasto. So, what a person is allowed to go ahead and wrap his Tfilin with his money in, let's say, a handkerchief. Now, the Gemara is going to discuss right now something that we're going to discuss whether Hazmana is Milsa or Lav Milsa. Hazmana means if I designate an item for a holy purpose, does it, is it allowed to be used for a mundane purpose? So, for example, if I have a scarf, forget about the, the, the ticks, the, uh, the, uh, the tefillin bags that we have right now. In the olden times, if they used to wrap their tefillin in a, in a scarf, let's say, so would I be allowed to go ahead and wrap money in that scarf as well? The fact that I'm wrapping tefillin in it, is that in and of itself enough to designate this scarf as a Dover Shabbat or a Tashmish, I should say, of Tashmish Kedusha, we'll discuss in a second what the differences are. Is that enough? And does that prevent me now from wrapping money in it? Okay, so the Gemara says as follows. You need the voice that it's Hagdish, So that's the question. Does Hasmana Milsa or Lav Milsa? It does designate in something, make it, do we give it the credence because you designated it, or designation doesn't mean anything? Why is this important, Allah? We'll discuss many, many things. Just, for, just a tidbit for coming attractions in the next day or two, if I buy a whole uh, a bottle of oil for, for Nero's Hanukkah, and I only use half of it, so I bought it not for cooking purposes, I bought it for the purpose of lighting the menorah, but at the end of Hanukkah, we wound up going, we slept away for a night, so the seventh night, so I saved a lot of oil. I come back now, am I allowed to use that for cooking purposes? Or do I have to keep it till next year? Because I designated, when I bought it at kosher market, I bought it with the intention of using it for a var mitzvah. But at the end of the year, I, was, I had a whole half a, half a bottle left. So can I repurpose that, or is that hooked to Shlomitzvah so? Or is it set aside and I have to keep it? So that's, that's what we're going to see right now. We have the Paskin has Hazmana Lav Milsahi. We have, what? You can give it to a Kohen, though. Every, everything to a Kohen. If you have a car <laughs> that you don't want, give it to Alan. Alan wants oh, everything. Why got Why Alan? He's the one who spoke up. So what? The squeaky oil, the squeaky oil, get, no, the squeaky wheel gets oiled. Now, oh, so, yeah. so okay. there's a lot of questions of Hasmana, whether you designate something, whether it keeps that purpose or not. 60-40, he's going to share it with you, 60-40. Okay, now, so we're going to see, so the Gemara says, Tanicha Sora. so one Tana says, one Bryce that we learned as follows, Sora, other tefillin and a person can go ahead and wrap his tefillin with his money, and another person says, a person should not go ahead and bind his tefillin together with his money in this, uh, in this scarf. Uh, so it's a stero. One person says, one Bryce says you can, and the other Bryce says you can't. So which is it? So Kashmir says low kasha. It's not a kasha. Talking about two different cases. So one case where you designated this scarf specifically for the purpose of tefillin. It's a Dover Shabbat Dusha. I'm designating the scarf only for holy purposes, and therefore I can only wrap my tefillin in it. And once I wrap my tefillin in it, it's not shaykh. It's not appropriate to go ahead and wrap mundane things in it. My hairbrush, my money, uh, my credit card, so on and so forth. The Amr of Chis, says as follows. Hi, Sudra de Tefillin. 
So this scarf that I went ahead and designated, whether it's verbally, as Alan said, or in my mind, whatever it is, when I, you don't necessarily have to verbalize it, but if the purpose was I designated in my mind, at the very least in my mind, certainly if I said it, then it is designated for tefillin. So, so now, now what did I do with it? So I designated it for tefillin. Tsar bait tefillin. So if I designated, and then I actually went in and acted on that, I executed, and I put the tefillin in there, then I'm not allowed to go ahead. I can't put my loose change in there. But if I only went ahead and designated it, but I never used it actually for tefillin, or or I, or I uh, wrapped the tefillin in it, but I never designated it, says then I'm allowed to go ahead and put money in it. Rav Chista says, I need both. I need to designate it and to actually use it. But if you use it, then that automatically mean that you designate No, because I maybe I just use it temporarily. I, I left my tefillin, my, my tefillin bag at home. Sometimes, when I, I do this also, sometimes when I pack, <clears throat> and I don't have room, my big gesunta talus bag, I'll separate the tefillin and the talus. So sometimes I take it out of the bag. I don't always bring my, my big talus bag. It's very bulky. By the way, it doesn't mean, by the way, Rashi points out, that I take the, um, <clears throat> that I take the, the, the sudra, the scarf, and I put the tefillin and the money in the same corner and roll it up. What it does mean is I put the tefillin in one corner, roll it up, and I put the money in the other corner and roll it up. They're not actually touching each other. That everyone would agree that you shouldn't do that. Everyone would agree that even if you're talking about the same sudra, the same um, scarf, you separate it. Okay, one last, um, one last line, uh, then we'll get to the topic. So Gemara says, Abaye, So now, what about Abaye who says that Hasmana, when you designate something, it sticks, it's valid. Meaning, even if you don't actually use the scarf for the purposes of, of, of wrapping your tefillin, but you designated when you bought the scarf, it was designated for that purpose. So Abaye argues with Chistadamar, Hasmana Milsihi. So he says if you designated it, even if you didn't actually use it, you can only put the tefillin and you can't use it for money because Hasman itself, designation, even without execution, will go ahead and, and deem that, that scarf only appropriate for your tefillin, Dover Shabak Dusham. Or Tsarbe, uh, sorry, Avgalot Tsarbe, Tsarbe, Iazmane, Asur, Ilo, Azmane, Ilo. If you put the tefillin in, it doesn't matter. It really depends on Hasmana, whether you actually were set aside the scarf for the purposes. So according to Abaye, it's all about designation, what your intention was. Rev Chista says that alone is not enough. You need both. You need to designate it and to actually use it. So this is a very, very important talk, topic. Halach Lamaisa, how it impacts all of us on a daily basis. We don't even realize this. And so many different things. What do we do with the peritzitzis after, after we can't use it anymore? Does it require, what requires burial? What, what can be thrown out? Throw in the garbage if you put it into like three bears. Oh, good. So let's see. Excellent. So let's see. So there are three different levels, actually four levels of, of different things. One we have is the gufa kedusha. Anything that actually has a ksiv on it, a cloth, fill in, Zifrei Torah, mezuzos, anything that actually, chumashim, anything that actually has the ksav of the Torah is considered gufa kedusha. That is the highest level of kedusha. That goes without saying. We're not comparing. We discussed a couple of weeks ago within Sefer Torah, within Stam, Sefer Torah, Mishnah, uh, uh, mezuzah, and fill in the hierarchy. But, but be it as, a, as one uh, um, umbrella or one uh, group of items, anything that has 
the Torah Shabbat, meaning, or not just Torah Shabbat, but the actual Torah, the Psukim, or, or any Torah written on it, that already is Gufak Dusha. It's interesting, by the way, before we get to the next level, Rav Shechter quotes in his Panini Alacha from the Nefesh Achaim, the Achaim Velazhener, says that the whole source of Kedusha in this world is what he calls, is what he calls actually the uh, Kedusha Saksav. The actual letters, the, the Divrei Torah, that's what infuses everything Kedusha. And those are the things that we're going to see that require Geniza. Geniza is burial. So anything that is a Darisha Bikdusha, meaning that itself has the, the words of Torah in it, must be buried. Rav Salvechik, by the way, went to town with this, and, and he explained so many halachos based on this concept of the Nefesh Chaim, based off this, this premise of Chaim Velazhener, that everything that's, in the, the whole source of Kedusha in this world comes from the Torah and its offshoot. So he says, for example, he says that um, there's a very well-known machlokas between the Rambam and, and the Ravid, whether the initial Kedusha, when Shlomo built the first base Hamikdash, Okay, when Shlomo built the first base of Mikdash, did it infuse the, the, that area, the Harabais, with an everlasting Kedusha? Or was it a temporary one that would last only as long as the physical edifice lasted? Meaning that once the base of Mikdash, Rechman was destroyed, then the Kedusha dissipated. That's the opinion of the Ravid. The Ravid says that once... It was not an everlasting one. Whereas the Rambam actually holds that the Kedusha was an everlasting one. So it's interesting, the Rambam goes out yeah. of his way in Pilchos Beis HaBechira, Perk Dal and Halacha Aleph to tell us... Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you, Alan. So Alan's right. The Rambam is not a historical uh, an account by any measure. He doesn't give us history. But he goes out of his way to tell us, When Shlomo built the Beis HaMikdash, says the Rambam, He knew... Shlomo knew when he built the first base on Migdash that unfortunately it's going to meet its doom. Um, it, it's not going to be everlasting. Therefore, He hid the Aron underneath. Correct. He built a very, very, right now we see it all too familiar with the tunnels, but a very, very... Uh, Twisty and windy way, very uh, calculated and very confusing, so no one would be able to retrieve it. But the point is, why did the Rambam have to say this? Because he had to give a reason why the Makom HaMikdash retains its Kedusha. So we see, says the Rav, that the, the, why the Rambam had to go out of his way, because what infuses, what was in the, what was in the, Aaron, uh, the Luchos HaEidos. What's another name for the Mishkan? Mishkan HaEidos. It was the, 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 the luchos that infused the Mishkan and the Mikdash with its Kedusha. So the Rambam had to tell us, says the Rav, had to tell us that, that Shlomo went out of the way. It's not a historical asterisk. By the way, Shlomo built something underground. No, that's what, because the whole structure of the second base of Mikdash and Harabais always has underneath it. He said he's still there. The still there. Still yeah. Yeah, so it's actually, this is totally off, off topic, but it's very interesting. The Rambam is the one opinion, by the way, who holds that Svira Bizman Hazeh is Mena Torah. Svira Somer, which is a very, very difficult opinion to understand because it says, The Torah links the counting of the Omer with the bringing of the carbon on the second day. We don't bring the carbon anymore. So if we don't bring the carbon, how could the counting of the Omer be Minatora. That's what everyone asks in the Rambam. 
So in the Haggadah of the Beis HaLevi, he says something amazing. He says that, he, he brings this question, and he brings the, it's in Hilchos Beis of Achira, Perak Vav, the Machlokas, Rambam Marvi that we just discussed. Ravid says the Kedusha was a temporary Kedusha. As long as the Beis HaMikdash was standing, it was Kadosh. Once the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, there's no more Kedusha. The Rambam is the one who says that it was an everlasting Kedusha. It's a Kitsha, Lashaita, Vila Asilavo, it's an everlasting Kedusha. Says the Beis HaLevi. When did they go ahead and count the Omer versus when did they bring the carbon Omer? They counted the Omer the second night of Pesach. They brought the Omer the second day, day of Pesach. What comes first in Halacha? Night. 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 So even back then, they counted, not in conjunction with bringing, but in anticipation of bringing the carbon the next day. Right. The Rambam holds... Because the Rambam, you could bring Karbanos today. Because the Kedusha is still there. So the potential is still there, according to the Rambam, because he holds that the original Kedusha was an everlasting Kedusha. So the Rambam says, According to the Rambam, we theoretically, if we knew where to bring it, we could bring Karbanos today. So even today, we can count the Omer, the second night, in anticipation of bring a carbon the next day. It's not in conjunction with. Even at the time back then, they brought the night, they counted the night, they brought the next day. According to the Rambam, that potential exists because he holds that the Kedusha is still there. So that's how basically he explains how the Rambam can hold Sphere of Zman Azeh in In any event. By then, no. there's actually a we, we, we count. There's Either way, we count. And there's a whole argument in Machlok whether they should allow it or not. Right. And, they, and their whole basis is based on the Rambam. Rambam, yeah. The Rambam says, based on Bechira. Okay, now. <laughs> now, uh, Alan, Alan's there to get his, uh, to oh, his Matnos Kahuna. Alan, <laughs> you're there to get your portion. I was watching. Yeah, watching from afar. Yeah, I hear you. Okay, so now, not just that. <clears throat> not just that. By the way, this also has impact, by the way, for Mignonim, by the way. Right? You have to think about it. If you have these minyan, what gives the, the shul its kedusha? Uh, the Aaron with the, with the Torah. So when we make these breakaway minyanim, it's just something to think about, that if you make a breakaway minyan and you're not in a shul, it doesn't have the same kedusha of a shul. Even though it's a minyan, you have ten people there, and it's Im- implied by the Rambam that you need a, to have a d- definition of base Knesset, you need a Sefer Torah there. It's implied. It says, The Rambam says in Parak Yud Aleph of Hilchos Tefillah, any place where you have ten people, you have to prepare a house that they can go ahead and enter into, uh, into uh, to, to Davin. This place is called a shul. Listen to what he says here. We force the people of the city to build a shul and you force them to buy a Sefer Torah. And the implication is that without the Sefer Torah, it doesn't necessarily have a shame of a base Knesset. So there's a lot of things that impact. One other thing, by the way, it's very interesting. He also explains the inherent Kedusha that's in every Yid is because of the same Torah that we have. The Gemara Nida says that every, every fetus is taught, called Tarakula, and then they were touched on the lip and we forget it. <clears throat> says the Rav, that is the infusion of the Kedusha into every Yid, which is why there's an obligation to bury every Jew. There's no obligation to bury a non-Jew because they don't have inherently Torah. They can cremate themselves. We're not allowed to. Says the Rav, it's based on this. Because we are all infused with Kedusha, 
when we were a baby. It's the same thing. It's the it's the Torah. It's the safer. It's the safer Torah. It's the Tefillin Mezuzah. Everything says the The whole world is infused in kedusha because of the Torah, of of the psukim of of the of the ksav, the words of the Torah. Since we were all infused with that, we have the status of gofa kedusha. Therefore, we are obligated to be buried. We're going to see in a second, when it comes to Dvam Shepikdusha, you must bury them. As opposed to a non-Jew, even if they're biggest Gomne Chasadim, even if they're a, 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 a Ger Toshav, and they observe all seven mitzvahs B'nai Noach, and they're a Tzadik, in, in, a, a, a non-Jew Tzadik, they don't have the, the Chiyav to be buried. We, any Dvam Shepikdusha, have to be buried. And, and one last thing, in the Zagdama, the Beis HaLevi to Hashanah and Shuvah says, that's the reason why Machzike Tamid Dechachamim, we're going to see anyone who supports, who latches onto Tamid Dechachamim, are Zochet Chiyas HaMesim. Because that also is part of the, when, even though they're buried, they come back to, it's part of the, he, he equates Chiyas HaMesim with being buried, because even though you're buried, you're coming back, it's a little mystical, but it says it's the same concept based on this Kedusha that's infused, um, that's infused just because of the Torah. So, that is the guf, that's the first level, Gufa Kedusha. The second level, something called Tashmishe Kedusha. Tashmishe Kedusha are things that actually come in contact with Gufa Kedusha. So, for example, not Lulav. So, for example, the mantle on a Torah, anything that touches a Kedusha. So, the mantle of the Torah, the, 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 the bite of the Tefillin. Tefillin bag is a little questionable, but we do paskin that it's Timut Tashmish Kedusha. You should not throw out a Tefillin bag. We'll get to all these examples. Tongue, you, it relates to us every day. We don't even realize it. So, anything that touches these farm shrines cannot be, cannot be thrown out. Eventually, they're going to have to be buried. Anything that houses, I just heard last night, I was walking last night, I was listening to a share. There's an opinion that, you know, you get like a, a set of the Rambam, it comes in a little in a cardboard box. You're yeah. not supposed to throw those out. My books are in a box right now from the movie. Yeah, so, no, I'm not talking about, like, I'm not talking about, like, the, the Home Depot box. I'm not talking about the Home Depot box. Yes, if you have a box that holds the six-form little cardboard thing that just holds the things together, technically, it's a problem just to throw it out. Just saying. I just learned this last night. I, I didn't realize this either. According to some, many opinions, I say that also, because that houses the Aaron Code. Anything that houses... I don't mean temporarily, but it's designated for that, right? It's designated. Because when it's manufactured, it's designated. It's perfect for that. It, it doesn't, by chance, fit exactly the six volumes of the Rambam, right? So, yes, it was de- designated for that. So anything that comes in direct contact, the, the, uh, what we put on the bima, that little, uh, we usually have like a little cloth. A cloth or, or a little, nicer than that, the little uh, felt uh, carpet for the Torah, whatever it is, on the bima, that comes in direct contact. That's called Tashmish Kedusha. So th- listen to what the Gemara says in Megillah Dav Chavav. This is the starting point. Tanarabban, Tashmish Mitzvah, Nizrakin. Tashmish Mitzvah, not Kedusha. Tashmish Mitzvah, Lolov, Esrog, uh, uh, oil wax, uh, oil or wax that we use, Tzitzis. Anything that's a mitzvah that's not inherently kedusha, when they are finished for their purpose, meaning it's no longer sukkahs, okay, it's no longer Hanukkah. Yudzitzis now are torn, so it's not they're not valid. They, uh, you can resell them theoretically, but let's just say that the tzitzis now are no good. Or or one 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 part of your tzitzis here, this this one got com- this corner got completely cut off, so now it's not kosher anymore. The tzitzis now are tashmishay mitzvah. It's not tashmishay kedusha. There's no Torah on the. There's no Torah on the, when talk about tits on the floor. Thank you. So, so perfect. So, so, so um, there's there's parts that um, that the tits are no good anymore. So, what do you what do you do with the tits? What do you do with the dal and minim? We can get to all of them and hug them, throwing it. 
women eating the esrogim. We're, we're going to discuss all those different things in a minute. Not a minute, uh, a Torah minute, meaning in a half hour. So, so what? So Torah about Tashmisha mitzvah is rocking Tashmisha kedusha nignozen. Anything Tashmisha kedusha, as we said. Anything that Tashmisha Kedusha, certainly Gufa Kedusha, say for Torah, Tefillin, Mezuzah, Chumashim, Sfar, have to be buried. Tashmisha Mitzvah is the, the things that were used for Mitzvah, the Schach, after Sukkot. But th- those can be thrown out. We'll see, not everyone agrees, what does it mean to throw them out? Not in a, in a disrespectful way. Tashmisha Kedusha are the things that come in contact with uh, Gufa Kedusha, those have to be buried. So Tashmisha Mitzvah, Nizrakin can be tossed out. We'll see what that means. Tashmisha Kedusha, Nignazin. And what does the Gemara Megillah of Chafel say? The Eilu ain't Tashmisha Mitzvah. These are the, what's considered Tashmisha Mitzvah, things that were used as a mitzvah, but don't have inherent Kedusha because they don't contain any words of Torah, and they could be thrown out after, only after their purpose is done. Not while it's still Sukkot. While it's still Sukkot, it, it's a much more... We're talking about after Sukkot. What do you do with the Dalai Minim? You told me that um, an Esau cannot throw away in the garbage. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. The, the, star, the star K and, and the OU have... A uh, star K, I think Star K and OU have, have recommendations. We'll get to that. So the Sukkah, Lulav, Shofar, Tzitzis. These are all examples of Tashmisha Mitzvah that the Gemara says in this rock. And they can be thrown out afterwards. You could throw out a Shofar after, after Rosh Hashanah if you wanted to. This is what's considered Tashmisha Kedusha. Book, things that cover Sfarim or where the Sfarim are held. Tefillin and Mezuzos or any bags that are designated the saran wrap. This little cellophane they have around the mezuzah. You have a mezuzah, yes. then you have cellophane. That is a tashmishay kedusha. That cannot be thrown out. So even if your mezuzah is puzzle and you want to just give that to the sofer, that little piece of cellophane was in direct contact with the dover with the gufa kedusha that cannot be thrown out. It has to be buried. Vitikshal sefer Torah or the mantle. The mantle also, it's coming in direct contact, okay? Vinartik shot tefillin, the tefillin bag, or and the ritzuos. Okay, we'll get to all these things. Now, there is another thing called tashmishe, tashmishe, mishing, tashmishe, tashmish. So, we have here, we have a regular tefillin bag, and then we have a big plastic bag. So this plastic bag is separated already from the rest of the tefillin, because the tefillin, that's why I see why I don't bring this whole thing very bulky, tefillin bag, tashmish of kedusha. this is a tashmish to tashmish. That does not have any halakhic significance. So we don't, so the outer bag, because it doesn't come direct contact with the fillin, that's what the Mishnah Burr calls the Tashmish. You, you assume that you carry other things in it because, right? 100%. Key, 100%. Key, 100%. You're correct. That's like a, a woman's pocketbook. You right, can find exactly. things from three years ago. The yeah. Film, the film bag also the bar, you're right. So, so the question is the ritzuos themselves. As Machlokas Rashi Tosfos, Rashi says it has inherent kedusha ritzuos because it spells shakai. We spell with the shin, dalid, and yud. So the ritzuos themselves have kedusha, and therefore it's in direct contact. When, when you sniff, when you when you ritzuos too long, you sniff off a piece of the ritzuo, which which is done very not so infrequently. Yeah. Question is whether you have to right whether you have to bury them or not. Correct, correct. A lot of implications. So now. Right, so right, right, right. Wasn't used yet for that. Then. Hundred percent. But we hold Hasman Alav Milsi. Halachically, we hold that designation. We didn't get to that yet. We'll get to that. Now you stole my punchline for the oil. 
But um, basically, we, we, you can repurpose that oil because we hold Hazmana Lav Milsei. We hold that if you just designate, if you don't execute, if you just designate, but wasn't used for that purpose, halachically, Hazmana Lav Milsei. We don't, we hold like Abaye. Now, sorry, we do not hold like Abaye. Abaye says Hazmana, we do not, we, we oppose Abaye. Okay, now, so, 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 okay, so how do we go ahead and get rid of everything? So, now let's see. So, what do we do? So, the Shulchan Aruch says, Sefer Torah Shabbala. So, a Sefer Torah that is worn out. You actually are supposed to put it into a closed container, bury it with a Talmud Chacham. You're supposed to bury a Sefer Torah with a Talmud Chacham. Even if you're not the biggest still you should bury it with someone who was Shomer Mitzvah, who was who serviced Tamid Chachamim. It's not. It's a bizarre for a Sefer Torah to be by itself. It should be with someone Klai Yisrael who's considered the Shomer. Now, what do we do with these sitzes? What do we do with sitzes? Sitzes that went ahead and they're no longer functional. Again, all these questions. What do we do with Dalaminim? What do we do with the Schach? What do we do with the Shofar? What do we do with Tzitzis? Are only when it's no longer useful, meaning designated as Mitzvah. So we're talking about after Sukkot. talking about after Rosh Hashanah. We're talking about that the Tzitzis now are no longer functional. So one was actually cut off, and you have the other three Tzitzis. You were kissing them your whole life. You were giving, fulfilling a Mitzvah. What do you do with them? All these items have a bracha in front of it. Like Shofar has a bracha. Tzitzis has a Great. bracha. Great. So the Tashmisha Mitzvah. You are 100% correct. Tashmisha Mitzvah. As opposed to a yarmulke, by the way. Yarmulke you can throw out. Yeah. Yarmulke is no inherent kedusha. It's not even a mitzvah. It's a, mi- yeah. a minute chasidus, That's right? That's why it is you... when I see p- uh, kids, the kippah is throwing on the floor and they, keep it, they pick it up and kiss it. Okay, so... I don't need to kiss it. I, let them do that. Why not? Okay. Why not? Yeah, kiss no. me. Kiss me. Not they can kiss you. They, yeah, there are, other, there are other problems with that. <laughs> oh, they, they know about your history in the rapture. I'm sorry. <laughs> Big day Kedusha, so we're going to get to Big Tekun in a second. I would never bring up your past, by the way. <laughs> now, anyway, so now. In the forehead, I meant. I got you. Forehead. So now, look what the Shulchan Aruch says. What happened if you have tzitzis that were disconnected, that were severed from the Beged? Listen to what the language, the Shulchan Aruch, the Mechaber says. Rabbi Yosef Kar says, you can actually toss them in the garbage. We don't do that, but that's what he says. Yochol zorkan la'ashba. Bibneshu mitzvah she'ein begufa kedusha. There's no inherent kedusha, because we said there's no different, there's no words of Torah on the tzitzis. So according to the Mechaber, you can actually toss them in, in the morning trash. Ava kozman kashur bohem shum But as long as they're actually still functional kosher, that you can't do, because that still has the inherent value of a mitzvah, the kedusha of a mitzvah. Once it's no longer, we're talking about it's 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 old. It's used already. By the way, interesting halacha. By the way, interesting halacha. I should get short and yeah. so, Interesting halacha. Or a taller body. Or a taller body. Yeah, that 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 ship has sailed. So so the question is, by the way, if you have a Talmud Chacham, by the way, Rachman Litzlan, let's just say has Alzheimer's and forgets all of his Torah, that doesn't change the the kavod you have to give him. Exactly. Just because you have, I mean, we were all, we all had that inherent kedusha on us. So you, that's not the example of tossing them out like a, because that's gufa kedusha, right? The tzitzis, once they're no longer connected, they're no longer the status of a mitzvah, 
but Gufa Kedusha, we just said, a, a person always has to be buried because the person was always taught Torah as, as a fetus. Kavachomer, if you learned 90 years and now, unfortunately, you have Alzheimer's and you don't remember anything, it doesn't mean you stop treating him and giving him the covet of a Tamachacham. So what if the Torah... So the Begit is even less. It's not the actual... The Begit is, is not. We're talking about just the actual strings. So it, a Torah that is not kosher anymore. Oh. A puzzle Torah. So we're gonna we're gonna ask. So that's different. So, hold on. If saying, if you take so one second. So you, one second. So a puzzle, Torah, you can, you can it bury out. it. If it can't be fixed, you have to bury it. The same. So the, the level of the kedusha is exactly the same as a regular Torah, a kosher Torah. Yeah, because it wants one. Right. No. Well, no. One second. It's not, not the same kedusha because you can't Torah read anymore. from it now, but it still requires geniza. It requires shameless. It's buried. It has to be buried. It has, has to, to be buried. buried. Absolutely. So now listen to what it says there. Listen to what the Ramah says on the comment of the Shulchan. Shulchan said, Yochol lezark on the You can throw them in the garbage. Says the Ramah, V'yesh orim da'af shem kavurim betalis, Osir l'shtam shen kagol la'achar shenifsku, E'nlinu ben migon bizayon, Lezarkin remokam aguna she'enu, Elo she'enu tzrichin geniza. He says, don't treat it in a disrespectful way. It's just that it doesn't need to be buried. He wants to qualify what the Shulchan Aruch says. Shulchan Aruch said, you can actually yachol lezark on the throw them in the, in the garbage. What the Shulchan Aruch, the, the Ramah continues, V'yesh medaktikim legonzon v'amachmer medaktik v'mitzvah's tovah l'abracha. The Ramah says, those who are medaktik to bury it, a bracha will come on them. So he brings the opinion that you can bury them. The Shulchan Aruch says that you can even throw them in the garbage. What the Ramah says in the middle, the middle ground, he says, don't treat them with a derech bizayon. So the two things, the Vilna Gon interpreted that as follows. The Vilna Gon says, what he means by this is, you leave it aside, and if it gets thrown out, it gets thrown out, but you shouldn't be the one to go ahead and dump it in the garbage. What we did, what Shai said, what we actually do is, for all, um, for, for m- many Tashmish um, Mitzvah, um, even if you're going to throw it out, do it in a respectful manner. It should have its own bag. Two bags. So some people say two bags. He doesn't have to, Allah, he doesn't have to have two bags. We do a double kiss because, just like filling, we do a double kiss to separate. But technically, it has one, but if you want to do two, that's more than fine. So you can separate it. You can still throw them out, but you don't put it with the chalant. You actually put it in a separate bag, and then you can throw it out. At least when you throw it out, it can be thrown out, but you should do it in a respectful way. We now, we're going to we're gonna get to that in a second. What do we do with the dalaminim? There's many minhagim. We're going to get interestingly enough, interestingly enough, I'll, I'll save it for tomorrow. I don't want to ruin everything. We'll, we'll, we'll talk tomorrow. Also, what about the, uh, the weekly, no. for instance? So, so, so that's something else. That's question. If it has head. actual the words of the Torah in it, then it shouldn't be thrown out. So what do you do with it? I was told to double bag it. That's what Goldberg told you? Okay. Yeah. All this source My wife told me, right. but I think... <laughs> you said your wife told you that? I would rely on it. Totally. <laughs> Shalom <laughs> bias. She checked. Shalom Bayes. Now, one second. So the Mug and Avram gives a very interesting, Mug and Avram gives a very interesting um, suggestion what to do um, with, um, with the tzitzis. He says, mm-hmm. Use your, some people have the tzitzis as a bookmark. As a bookmark. Now, you use the tzitzis as actually a bookmark. You take off a string and you put it in your, in your Shnai Mikra. I saw, yeah. The problem is, well, some people say that if it's just going to sit on your shelf, if you're really going to use it as a bookmark, that's fine. But if you're just using it, it's degrading to the safer than just to have to, to, to be a to be a source of your geniza. Um, 
that's what basically Piskei Tshuva says. He says that people make a mistake of regarding this minog, use it as a bookmark, and then they sort of forget about it. So, I just want to finish one, one topic before we get to the individual topics, and that is, um, the Piskei Tshuva says, he lists some of the functions that one should not do with the talus Gadol. When the talus Gadol that we're wearing, is since it's set aside for its mitzvah, we shouldn't necessarily wipe our brow with it when we're sweaty. We shouldn't go ahead and use it to, to dry our nose, talus. He does ask one question, which is not so um, disgracing, and that is, uh, or, or demeaning, if you want to clean your glasses so that you don't have to get up and waste time from davening and learning, that's something that, that's a question. If you want to just to clean your glasses so you can daven better, because that's not, that's actually helping you. But to do something demeaning, like, uh, you know, uh, clean your hands after someone... You, like sneezing, you have to sneeze. Right, so the problem with sneezing is that it comes on so quickly that uh, sometimes you just reflexively do it. But, but it's not really what it's, what it's geared for. I mean, it's, it's a little bit of a bizarre Um So we don't really often think about these things, but uh, there's a lot of things to, to take into account. Um, so I want to discuss tomorrow and discuss about esrog. There's a, a minog. Anyone hear the minog that women take a bite out of the esrog? Anyone know why? Good, we'll, take, we'll find out tomorrow. Um, about um, an Aron Kodesh, about the tefillin bags. About, say again? Fighting off the pigeon. Just the opposite. They're already pregnant. Oh. We'll, we'll, but, but you're on the right track. We'll get to that tomorrow. We'll, we'll discuss that tomorrow about the filling bags, what we do from Dalin Minim, what we do about the, the Naras Hanukkah. A lot of topics to discuss. All right. Have an amazing day.